Hey, everybody. Uh, it's Adam Blake back with another edition of the new PNEU podcast. It's kind of the same old thing, but it's always new. Uh, today, we've been off for a little bit. And part of that has been I've been gearing up for some adventures and making some tentative plans for the next year. And a lot of those include bikepacking adventures. Um, and a guy that I bug a lot, my guest uh, this edition, is a bag creator and manager of Sidero Bags up in Two Harbors, Minnesota, a dog dad, a retro grouch, and a pretty much all-around good dude, uh, Carl Mesdahl. Uh, how are you, Carl? Or Carl? <laughs> I'm good, Adam. Thanks for having me on today. Dude, it's such a pleasure. Uh, I say your name like that on this because I, whenever I call Sidero and they ask, you know, who is it? I'm like, well, it's Adam. And can you just say Carl? <laughs> and I'm starting to think a few of them have come oh, yeah. on to my uh, no, they just, nonsense. They just hand the phone off. We have two Carls at work, so that's uh, become actually very helpful. Yeah, you know, yeah. I just... That's the way I just like to say your name, buddy. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking um, about how we first actually met and kind of my history with Sidero. Um, first, just to kind of frame how we got in contact was actually really interesting. The seldom seen that Advocate Cycles did when I was the manager there. Uh, yeah. The bike didn't come out when I was there, but that bike uh, was actually, that would have been... 2015 or 16 you know 14 yeah um it had bolt-on frame bag capacity uh and the bag was made by dan crookshank uh yep. who is the owner of sidero and and spoken gear and we'll talk about the kind of setting there um and he was starting this brand sidero can you let me know when you got in the picture um with sidero yeah i kind of fell into it a little bit by accident. Um, I had been working for Duluth Pack and uh, looking for a change. And so I stopped up in Spoken Gear actually and applied to be a, a wrench in the shop. Um, and Dan just happened to be there. So we got chatting. And so, yeah, he was just getting the pack stuff off the ground. He had done like one run of packs for the seldom scene at that point. And we got talking about my background and, you know, making stuff and design and, and whatnot. Um, and he's like, you know, I think it might have a different spot for you if you're interested at all. And that was March of 2017. And so I came on full time with our first other sewer, Nikki, um, in April of 2017. Awesome. And kind of just hit the ground running. Yeah. That's all. That's so basically at the, you know, the onset yeah, as well, just from two different much. perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Dan had uh, done the work to yeah design the seldom scene pack. Um, he did a run of those. We also had some basic designs for the, our tank top pack. Um, and then the Drummond seat pack was in existence. We made some tweaks after that point, but um, that pack actually goes back to, the eighties, uh, with granite gear, Dan had played around with designing that pack way back then. So that was kind of ancient history that, that, uh, got you know, brought back into the present. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, of note to, to give some, uh, validation to why Dan Crookshank has some credibility in the bag world 
previous yeah. to Spoken Year, Dan. Uh, tell me his exact, was the creator or the owner of Great yeah. Year Bags? Yeah, he was uh, one of the co-founders. It was he and his friend Jeff like in college um, back in uh, early 80s decided to start making backpacks and they just kind of kind of went after it and uh, didn't really have a lot of technical training, you know, but they just kind of figured stuff out as they went. And so, yeah, from the eighties up until um, let's see, it would have been oh, it's coming up on almost 10 years ago. Now uh, Dan decided to, you know, they grew that brand granite gear of the ultralight packs and, um, one of a bunch of, of awards over the past, you know, three decades. And, um, but just kind of got to a point where I think he wanted to, to try something else. So he, uh, he and his wife, Kirsten sold their piece of that and started dreaming up, uh, Sidero spoken gear and Cedar coffee. So yeah, Dan, um, you know, he's been, he's been doing this a long time making packs. And so it was, it was pretty easy for me to slide in and, you know, I had been repairing packs um, at a lodge when I was working and guiding up there, uh, up in the North Country. So I had some experience at a, at a sewing machine, but um, I mean, there's a lot that he just has figured out. You know, he made a lot of the mistakes 30 years ago. So, yeah, it's a pretty invaluable resource experience, you know, for sure. Getting into something and to have somebody who's validated their experience to be like, you know, Oh yeah, you could but <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you sure. uh, bef- before we really dig into Sidero and and how and bags? I mean, it's going to be all bags, like concepts of bags, which sounds yeah. dumb to say concepts of bags, but there are, you know, if you're not into bags, you'll be amazed at how much stuff that some of us consider with bags, you know. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think it adds value. Can you talk a bit about what the Spoken Gear, uh, Cedar, uh, Sidero compound, um, you know, just to give people a, a frame, because Jessica and I made our first trip up last year at kind of the beginning-ish of the craziness. We, you know, it was what it was. Uh, yeah. Couldn't go in at the time, but you have picnic tables lined up outside. Can you just give people a, a mental visual of, the facility that then is going to produce these bags and, you know, delicious food. We ate there at least once, if not twice, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're, we're tucked kind of just off the beaten path, not too far, uh, literally down in a cedar grove. So in uh, just outside of two harbors, Minnesota. So that's, you know, just 25 minutes up the North shore from Duluth and, so uh, Dan was looking for a place to put, you know, this compound and he, the city was selling his property and it was all just, a, you know, it's kind of a cedar grove uh, with some wetland and whatnot. So there was a small buildable chunk that wasn't going to disturb the wetland too much. And um, so they purchased that and a lot of the, of the cedar in the building, the ceiling and trim and whatnot um, was actually milled from the cedar trees that were taken down off that property, uh, which is pretty neat. And awesome. yeah, so it's, it's pretty neat. You, you drive in and um, yeah, with the pandemic, we, uh, one of our sewers uh, partners at the time was making picnic tables and like, we need outdoor seating. So 
our Cedar Grove became this like outdoor dining space. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's unique. It's close. It's right in town, but you don't really feel that so much. Yeah. It's and, about like five minutes out of town, but it yeah. definitely feels disconnected from town. Yeah. When you're in, you drive down a, I don't know, what would you say? hundred foot long driveway before you're yeah. in the main parking lot and that yep. offset. And then the surrounding of the trees really makes you feel like you're in a, you're way out there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're all in the same building. It's not three separate buildings all under the same roof. Uh, so we have the coffee shop um, and cafe. So they do food as well and smoking gear, which is, um, you know, kind of specializes in the adventure cycling, touring kind of end of things and mountain biking, of course, cause that's what we have around here as well. But um, you know, and with our service, yeah. And, and full service. Yep. Yep. And uh, so, and, you know, obviously because of our connection between Sedero and spoken gear, it's right. just very natural to be focused on, on the bike packing and of things. So um, yeah, we're, we're kind of busting out of our space a little bit. It's, you know, we're, uh, we're busy back there. We got about 700 square feet and sometimes we've got eight people back there, you know, including all the machines. And, I was going to say, um, there's a pretty sizable machine in there. Uh, yeah. Do you want to, yep. do we want to, wait, let's not detail, let's not talk about that particular sure. machine yet. Sure. Because I think that's got to be pretty exclusive to you guys on the yeah. scale that you are, right? Yeah. Ooh, teaser, everyone stay tuned. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the first thing I actually want to talk about, and this is kind of connected, is when I got introduced to Sidero and and we, uh, a mutual friend, Josh Kowalski, was working for Sidero as, kind of, as a rep, kind of, and spoken yeah, yep. gear manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was on a bikepacking trip with me and the O'Mara brothers and Bailey Newbury uh, mm-hmm. up in Wisconsin. And he had some basically prototype, let's call them, pre-production, yeah, yeah. rain bag and bags. And, he, you know, we were talking and talking and... Uh, at that time, there were a few bag companies that I w- really thought were pretty solid, but mm-hmm. not, you know, now there's like a ton. Yeah. Um, when you, when Sidero was coming, I think the first thing that's identifiable on a bag is the fabric. Yeah. So now we're seeing a huge gamut of fabrics being used from mm-hmm. Cuban fiber and ultralight things to wax canvas, which I want to talk about specifically in regards to Sidero. But mm-hmm. the, the middle ground seems to be Denier and Kodura, right? Those kind yeah. of be the most popular. Can you kind of talk about how those two major fabrics differ than what Sidero uses and just why you like to use that fabric? Yeah, so we use either thousand D uh, or thousand denier, Cordura, uh, nylon. Oh, and the other one is in what VX? Is the a, VX yeah, the VX twenty one or the X pack? Um, is yeah, that's. I mean, the vast majority of pack makers are using some sort of a laminated X pack VX twenty one or some variant of that, which um, has its origins in sailcloth. So it's it was designed originally, they needed a fabric that didn't stretch at all, you know, in a sail. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, these huge sails. Um, so what they did is they, they sandwich, you know, the, that X grid pattern of fiberglass 
fibers in there because of course glass doesn't stretch. So um, that's how they got a fully static sale out of this new, you know, synthetic fabric that ha- inherently has some stretch in it. Cause nylon and, and polyester too, um, actually will absorb a little bit of water. There's a little inherent stretch. Um, they'll kind of expand and contract, uh, with humidity. And so that, that glass fiber really keeps it pretty stable. Um, so Dan actually just, you know, going back to his experience, um, you know, in the early two thousands when that fabric was really being made available, um, he did a bunch of, or they actually did a few packs with it and um, discovered that it's got some strengths and, and weaknesses. Um, the major one being because it absorbs water and there's essentially three layers there. You know, there's two, one on each side and then the glass in between. Um, when you have a pack that's getting folded a bunch of times and it's getting wet repeatedly, uh, it tends to delaminate. And because there's different you know, a lot of times the liner fabric on the inside and that outside fabric that's bonded together um, have a slightly different uh, expansion coefficient when it gets wet. And so what happens is over time, that happens a bunch of times and on on a molecular level, it separates. Uh, So, you know, he kind of, they did a few packs with it and decided the stuff's coming apart. (laughs) So they stopped using it, went back to using Cordura um, and so that's what we use now. It's the, you know, it's a woven fabric and, um, it's, it's a, the Cordura, you know, refers to the actual type of spun nylon yarn, essentially that they, that gets woven into a fabric. And then the denier is how, um, basically how, um, thick those fibers are, like how, uh, large that weave is. So, the burlier fabric has a higher denier rating. Like TPI. Um, yeah, exactly. Kind yep. of, kind it's, of, right? Essentially. Yep. And a tire, a thick, a coarser yep. one or a thinner one would be. Yep. And and just to talk on, because X-Pack is very popular in things, mm-hmm. it's probably since it's laminated like that, generally a little lighter. Yep. And yeah. So X- yeah, yeah. There, there are some things I want Definitely to get some benefits specifically yeah. because it's succeeded for me in places that I I have experienced the same things Dan has experienced yeah. as X-Pack maybe led the way in some of the more modern bikepacking bags as we were being yep. more exploratory. So just for to sure. kind of give some credibility and credence to X-Pack. You Absolutely. Know? And we, there's actually, um, we actually do use some X-Pack and we use it on the inside of a few of our packs. Uh, so it has its place definitely. Um, like the liner of our seat packs, the Alger and the Drummond both have that. Um, the Devil's Kettle and the Devil's Draw have that. Um, because the liners are not getting folded a bunch, you know, it's, it's not an exterior fabric that is being abraded and it's not getting repeatedly folded. Um, so yeah, definitely has its place. If it's in a place that, you know, it's a bigger piece of fabric under tension, it's the perfect, you know, that's what it was designed for. Um, so yeah, it definitely has its applications. We use it. Uh, we just don't use it in the same way that a lot of other manufacturers do. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, yeah. I think why, you know, um, it's nice to see a prevalency of bags because if you're conscious and you're educated on why things, you know, you could maybe mitigate, you know, if you were super weight conscious, you could mitigate folding your bag, maybe, you know, and yeah. get more life, but For somebody sure. who's an everyday 
it's just going to get rough, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. now let's get back to Kodura and 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 I want to lead into waterproof, water resistant, but I think that's twofold. But I, yeah. I feel like the fabric always gets most of the credibility for water resistance versus waterproof. Yeah. Um, so when you are using Kodura, um, one thing I want everyone to know and they'll see is the palette. You know, um, Kodura to me looks like a more natural bag, I think is why I'm a little more uh, akin to it mm-hmm. uh, than a, a more uh, X-Pack looks kind of stealthy, kind of techy. Yeah, for uh, sure. Kodura, would you not agree with that? Yep, for sure. And so my bike packing in the woods preference is I like a little more natural looking uh, thing. But what other benefits does Sedero get out of using Kodura in across the board bag creation? Yeah, so Cordura, um, like you said, it is a little more natural. It, it feels like more of a natural softer. woven. Yeah, it's softer. Um, one of the cool things about Cordura is that because it's a woven fabric instead of something that's like bonded um, to another layer, is that it has some give to it. It has some inherent stretch. And so when you think about you know dragging a pack over some rough rocks or something like that. Um, whereas a more static fabric is tends to get abraded more easily. Uh, Cordura has a little bit of give to it. And so it can kind of, kind of flow with the abrasion a little more and, um, resist, you know, wearing a hole as quickly. You can wear a hole through it as I actually think you've have done, we've done some repairs, but, um, but all in all, you know, as a little more flexible fabric, uh, it, it does really well in an abrasive situation and it's a little softer, um, especially in our cold climate, it doesn't get as stiff as some other, like an X-Pack will gets real crunchy when it's 20 below zero, whereas Cordura stays pretty pliable. So, um, yeah, and we can talk about the, the waterproofness slash water resistance of it. Um, if you yeah. want how how much of maybe we should lead with how much of calling a bag waterproof water resistant water not resistant you know anything yeah, else yeah. really does how much of that um proportionally is based on the fabric versus the closure point or the yeah. seams or mm-hmm. uh, you know what i mean what's the proportions there yeah so I mean, so many people want to hear waterproof, you know, when they buy a pack. Um, A lot of people maybe, or I guess what we've discovered when we're using packs is that, um, you know, Cordura is extremely water resistant, especially this stuff we use. It does have a urethane coating on the backside of it, and it does have a DWR uh, finish on the outside. So, you know unless until the bag gets really abraded um water's going to beat up and roll off of that stuff and if it gets wetted out that urethane coating will prevent water from going through for the most part um one thing we don't do is we don't tape our seams uh and so potentially could have water coming through uh in through a steam however so when we think about waterproof versus water resistant um one of my main priorities is I want the pack to be able to dry if it does get wet. 
And so if you think about a waterproof pack, when, once you get water in there, it's incredibly difficult for that to tr- actually dry out when you're out on the trail. Right. Um, Cause it's, you know, water doesn't want to get in and doesn't want to get out. So that's one consideration. Uh, another consideration is waterproof packs are waterproof until they're not. And so if you're relying on just that one layer of, you know, a dry bag or something, and you have your clothes, you know, just stuffed in there and you get a pinhole in it and you cross a stream or you have a really wet day, it'd be a real bummer when you open up your waterproof pack and everything's wet. So, um, our approach is a little more, uh, the packs are almost waterproof. They're very water resistant. Um, we actually use three layers of fabric or three layers of materials, which is a little different from a lot of other manufacturers. A lot of, you know, manufacturers are using, a a single layer of X pack, which has this place. It's super light. Um, if you're doing ultralight stuff, that might be the pack for you. And there's some awesome companies that are making yeah, packs so you're out in of the stuff. desert. Yeah, exactly. Yep. For sure. Um, but so we use, a uh, the outer fabric, which is either wax canvas or Cordura. And then we have a foam stiffener in all the panels and that's close up foam. Um, it's pretty thin and that's waterproof, you know? So that's one more layer and it adds some structure to the pack. And then we have a liner in there, which is a 200 denier Cordura. So it's lighter weight and that is water resistant up to 200 PSI per, per square inch. So that's, that's an insane amount of pressure to force water through that fabric. Um, so really the only, you know, intrusion points we would have on a Sidero pack is through the seams and then th- potentially through the zipper. And we can talk about zippers if you want. Um, We're going to talk maybe, about Maybe zippers. a whole nother thing. Yeah. It's going to be a whole nother thing. Cause I but, used to hate zippers. So yeah. Bad. Um, yeah. But I think, I think two, two points that I want to just read from there is a, no matter what bag you're using, I always recommend to people put stuff in a dry bag in a dry bag. Yes. Because you just don't know, you know, like you said. Um, And the other thing I'd say is one, um, when I used to, when I was in the shop, I guess, um, and I'd sell bags and people would ask the waterproof, water resistant, I would say that in my personal experience in rain, uh, water had never gotten in my bag. And that included yeah. being in rain for four days straight in our honeymoon in Oregon. Yeah. Like with not a break, you know, um, but could yeah. I put it in the bathtub with me and expect it to be dry? No. So yeah. you have to make a priority there. Yeah. Um, I've always found that my bags um, from Sedero, I'm on my I think I have had four frame bags or I currently have two, but I had two others and my wife has one and I can't honest to God, remember a time that in regular riding non-submersion situations that I've ever had water in my bag. And unfortunately slash fortunately, there's been some pretty harrowing times, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you know, survived them. So fortunately, yeah, Uh, (laughs) it happens. it, It does. And I think, we'll get to this too, how and why bags and, and safety and Mm -hmm. reliability and value of owning bags that you're familiar with, whether it is Sidero by and large works for me and my wife, but she has Obey and Negra bags on her bike. Mm -hmm. I have a bedrock seat bag and bigger handlebar, you know, it's plug and play, but you got to find what works best for you. 
For sure. Um, I think that's a good point too. Cause the, I mean, there's so many companies now, like you said, you know, company, there were only a few, I mean, even like five, six years ago. And now there's a bunch of people that are making kind of niche, you know, stuff. And it's, it's pretty cool to see that um, kind of proliferation as people are bikepacking more, they have a need in whatever climate they're in, you know? Um, so I think that's, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And one thing I think is really nice in the bike or bag industry is like Sidero makes bags that seem like they come from Northern Minnesota. Uh, you know, other com- bedrock makes bags that seem like they come from the Durango, you know, like sure, bags yeah. have some regionality yeah. um, because the creators and the producers are, are using them and that's what they're testing in. Yep. Um, so it's really, you know, uh, my first big seat bag, not first, but later first big seat bag is a bedrock Coconino mm-hmm. because I was looking at doing the Cocapelli trail. Yeah. Well, Andrew and Joey <laughs> had ridden those bags there, you yeah. know, like, and so I thought said, okay. Um, so it's yep. fun to see and plug and play, you know, um, where your values come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like you said, bags are manipulated in so many different ways. Yep. Uh, stabilizers. And we'll get on to all of these features. Uh, the one thing I want to touch on, and we'll get to a break uh, pretty soon and we may carry over. But another fabric that you use that I don't have a full bag of yet, but I have multiple, I think I have five, multiple, you know, small bags of it. And it's a, yep. it's a material that I just, um, I feel compelled to uh, be engaged with is waxed canvas. Yeah. Um, many people I think are familiar with the concept or the term waxed canvas, but I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what it is, why you'd use it, colors and aesthetics that are available. Um, timeless material to me. Though. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I ever felt like I was not going to sell a bike, I would buy a wax canvas frame bag for it. But I don't yeah. know when that'll be. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, just, I hear you. I hear you. So talk about wax. Talk about this is only what, a year and a half old in wax canvas, a year old, there was some dabblings, but not, didn't come at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't really get into using wax canvas until probably, yeah, 2019 really. Um, so we were a couple of years in and uh, we just, one of our, our, our lead sewer actually, um, Devin had some, had some fabric kicking around. And so we just kind of started playing with it, did a test one. And, you know, a lot of wax canvas packs historically have been, it's wax canvas with leather, you know, accoutrements, uh, and Big brass on straps and stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, brass hardware, you know, right. brass. Buckles, that's like, classic material. It's classic. Yeah. So that it's been around forever, you know, and, you know, thinking back to the, the earliest portage packs and stuff, that was all, you know, canvas and leather and metal. So um, a lot of that still has validity today. And um, there's some great manufacturers still doing that. Um, what we hadn't really seen and what we started testing out is can we make a technical pack out of wax canvas? Right. We're using our, you know, our nylon hardware uh, or, um, yeah, nylon hardware, nylon fabrics uh, on the inside are the foam stiffeners. And there's kind of an intangible here where 
some fabrics, you sew them together and they just feel wrong. You know, they, the hand is wrong. It just, it doesn't work as a cohesive piece. And so um, that's the reason we don't offer mixing and matching of wax canvas and Cordura in the outer fabric of a pack. You can get all sorts of different color combos, but we won't mix those fabrics together because they, they just don't feel like they should be together on the same pack uh, huh. in the way that a full wax canvas bag does also the way it wears the way it sews. There's a few other reasons, but um, so yeah, we, we started playing with it. Um, we sewed a tank top out of it and tried it out and tried to, you know, beat the heck out of it. And, you know, wax canvas is cool. It, it uh, instead of abrading, if it's rubbing on your frame or other packs or cables, it kind of burnishes in this nice way. Um, instead of, you know, getting kind of fuzzy or pilled or anything like that. So it, it does have this timeless thing where it starts to tell a story over time, over years. And it of, can be conditioned. Yeah, you can recondition it or you can leave it alone. So that's that's one of the other neat things. It's, you know, at, at its core, it's just a, a cotton canvas. Yeah. And so, um, you know, canvas, when the, those fibers get wet, they swell and they create kind of a water resistant barrier when it gets wetted out. Um, now that does take longer to dry, you know, than like a nylon or something like that. So I tell people who are living in a really wet climate, if they're commuting every day or something, might want to think about nylon, but, um, I mean, heck I have it on my fat bike in the winter time. I love it. Cause it, 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 um, patinas nicely. It's a, you know, it doesn't abrade, um, very easily. And so, uh, it's, it's not waterproof per se, but like I said, once it gets wetted out, it, it creates some sort of a, some sort of a Functionally, barrier. I think that's the, old, the word that I like functionally waterproof. Like yeah. if you're going to yep. throw it in the, uh, the ocean, no, yeah, you got bigger fish to fry. Exactly. Bikes in the yeah. ocean. Yeah. And if you, <laughs> I, I tell people, if you're going to, if you're going to be scuba diving with your bike, I mean, yeah, we can sure. have, that's a whole different conversation we can right. have. Don't buy a bag from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> the epicenter of scuba diving, bike scuba diving. That's right. Dude, that's new right. market million dollar idea. Uh, also, before we go to break, hot take, Carl. I like saying this because I don't really understand what hot take means. Sure. Um, People who have sat on a B-17 Brooks saddle for six months to get it perfect should all own wax canvas bags. <laughs> yeah, I think there's something there. For Slash, sure. if you've ever invested in a titanium rail Brooks saddle, yes. you should own yep. wax canvas bags. Yep. Yeah, we're actually going to be starting that program uh, next week. Get in touch with us. We'll be, uh, be selling those as combos. Yeah, Swift Ties. I love that saddle. I want one, but I'm never going to pay for it. Um, Carl, let's take a break. I'm going to refill on some coffee. Cool. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about features of bags. We're going to talk about my love-hate relationship with zippers um, <laughs> and why I'm not a crazy person. And really, th there's a, a you know, there's some things to zippers. Then I want to talk about custom bags and what Sidero does with custom bags. So cool. we're going to take a break. Hold on, Carl. We'll be right back. Heck yeah. Hey everybody, I am back with Carl Mesdahl from Sidero Bags in Two Arbors, Minnesota. We've been talking about fabrics and kind of the background of Sidero. And a lot of things we brought up is little features and specifically something that I at one point considered not a feature 
uh, zippers. Um, I, I'm going to tell the story because I think it's the only thing that lends credibility to how much I hated zippers for a while. Um, when I was in uh, Emporia running Gravel City, um, we used to stock pretty standard seat bags. I'm not even sure what they were. Um, they were fine. You know, your traditional $30 seat bag with a zipper and a flap, you know. And uh, we hadn't carried Sidero yet, but uh, I'd been exposed to the Drummond first, which is the yep. larger capacity, much larger than a traditional seat bag. And you have an Alger, which is still by normal seat bag standards for most cyclists, a pretty big seat bag. Yeah. Um, and I had ridden two rides in probably a week in kind of mucky gravel and broke two bag zippers in two <laughs> rides and I was not happy um, and so I was looking at this Alger uh, and we brought it in and it was about it retails at $99.99 yeah. uh, and I know just to lend some to that I now own I don't know how many of them I love this bag. <laughs> but it's yeah. a drawstring no zipper to be found on this bike drawstring and then a cap Yep. And I brought them in and I was talking to oh. Isaac, my little buddy at the shop and Bobby Thompson. And uh, they're like, eh, you know, it's like going from $25 to $100 was a large jump just in retail. And it was based on my anger at zippers. <laughs> and we yeah. brought them in and I heard from so many people time and time again, the zipper had come undone on a ride and their CO2 had fallen out. They didn't get the zipper all the way closed and it worked its way back open. The zipper no longer could move or pulled right off at a land run or any murky gravel ride. And I was like, I'm not crazy. Zippers yeah. fail all the time. Mm -hmm. That led Josh, the previously mentioned Josh, to challenge me basically to uh, break my frame bag zipper. Um, yeah. Because what you use a specific zipper size on the frame bag uh, for specific reasons. Can you, it's a YK, is it YYK or YKK? Uh, so we use a mixture of zipper coils. Some of ours are YKK. Um, the ones that we use on our frame bags and all of our like tank top packs, anything like that is a number nine ideal zipper. Oh. Ideal is a U.S. company. Um I think it and, might be the ideal zipper, Carl. Yeah. So the ideal zipper is the, that's, if you have a frame pack, that's what's on it. Um, it's, and it's it, a, it's a coil zipper. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you uh, talked about me breaking a bag or rubbing one raw. <laughs> yeah, the reason right. that I rubbed a bag raw, everyone's like, oh, you rubbed a bag. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, your knees? Nah. Thighs? Nah. You know, my, I had that bag stuff so full. And it rubbed the single ring on my cutthroat to the point where it wore through the outer fabric on a bikepacking trip. And the zipper, I don't even recall struggling with it. And that was the time that I had to be like, dang, like most things, there are levels. Yeah. I had just never considered the functionality of a nice zipper in yeah. certain circumstances, right? Yep. And I feel like that was one of the hard things because there's a lot of people that have tried to get around zippers, even in full frame bags, you yep. know, roll right. top and, and all kinds of stuff. And mm -hmm. 
I was wrong about it. Now, I still love the drawstring feature of the Alger, but for sure, kind of talk about, you know, when and why certain and leading to features, you know, because you have a great zipper, right? So you theoretically use it on a tank top bag. So it's not Mm -hmm. all the coarseness. You could have made a more traditional looking flat, I'll call them flap style zippered seat bag. Yeah. Um, what leads Sidero and you and Dan and the team to kind of this feature here because this, this feature here because this and go. Cool. Yeah. So one of the kind of overarching, I guess, guiding kind of design principles that we have is Sidero will never really make a product that someone else is already doing really, really well without putting our own either, you know, twist on it or making it functionally better in some way. So, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, good seat packs with some zippers out there. And so, but there's not a lot of good seat packs with a drawstring that are expandable in that size of the Alger. There's a lot of like big ones, you know, um, for stuffing your sleeping bag into, but there's not, you know, that, that size that you can still throw on your mountain bike for your day ride or on your gravel bike for your day ride and have, you know, maybe an extra puffier windbreaker stuffed in there, but, um, not have it be too big. So yeah, that's kind of our, our, one of our main guiding principles, you know, it's the reason we haven't done a really large seat pack yet. Um, because you know, there's a lot of them out there and honestly, we don't end up using them that much. I do Carl. Just, I do. I yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> so that, I mean, it'll probably be, might be something in the future we do, but honestly, there's some, there's some great ones out there already. So until we have something that we feel like it's, you know, somehow different and adds to that conversation. Um, generally we, we won't be doing something just for the sake of doing it. Um, so, you know, like I, I talked about the drum and going all the way back to, you know, the mid eighties, um, that was kind of the, you know, the genesis of that seat pack. And so it was not a large leap to go from that to the Alger, make it a little smaller. Um, so we had some good experience, you know, with the drum and the testing and whatnot, that closure system, expandability. Um, but yeah, there's, there's times where you want to flap. There's times when you want a zipper. Um, you know, I found that a zipper in a frame pack, uh, once we kind of, we tested a lot of different zippers and I, we've got a drawer full of sealed zippers, Hypalon zippers, uh, Vizlon zippers, you know, we've got all sorts of zippers that we've tried over the years. And uh, partially because Dan had done a lot of his homework, um, partially because we just kind of torture tested stuff. Uh, we found, you know, a sealed zipper gets jammed up really easily, spe- especially when it's in the cold, like we are a lot and um, tends to, tends to fail at the time we really don't want it to fail. So I mean, that kind of ties back into the waterproof versus water resistant conversation because our, our large coil zipper, it's not technically a sealed zipper, but it has a DWR on it coating. So water does beat up and roll off of it. Um, but you'd really have to, you know, aim a hose, like a high pressure hose directly at that coil to get it to, 
you know, push through. So for us, you know, I mean, riding around Oklahoma and around Emporia and stuff, it's when you have that, that kind of mud, you know, in a zipper, a smaller coil just isn't going to cut it. You need a larger coil that can push that mud out between those teeth, um, for it to actually continue running. So, right. um, yeah, so that's kind of how we ended up there. And again, it's like, if you need stuff to absolutely stay dry, put it in a dry bag inside your frame pack and you can be pretty comfortable. Um, we've only, we have actually warrantied two zippers. I will say there's been two, uh, out of, I don't know how many, how we have never done it yet. I think we have like close to 15,000 packs out in the world now or something like that. Like an (laughs) a-hole. So the, I'll say the two, the two, uh, warranties we did was uh one was for dre johnson he did the tour divide and he admittedly just overstuffed it and it actually wasn't the the teeth that failed it was actually the he tore the actual zipper chain from out from the fabric so yeah the zipper was fine we just had to sew it back in um and then the other one was uh todd Duquette, oh who, yeah todd you know, during anything. gosh yeah if you want if you want something to go through the ringer just give it to todd so todd's a maniac um, i had him on this it was awesome oh yeah he's so awesome. he actually he actually wore out the metal slider with all the like dust and mud so we, we just had to pop a new slider on for him he was good to go good but, job Todd. So, <laughs> exactly i feel like he uh he earned some sort of award you know dude i want to so. i don't want to break any of my zippers but that is good company oh yeah some to, <laughs> some to strive for yeah and if you I mean when you do let me know <laughs> i had that i tried so hard um <laughs> you know uh so a couple things i i I razz about a big seat bag because that's kind of an ongoing joke between Carl and I. <laughs> but I think that yeah. is a good, what you're saying is exactly what we were saying in the first part. Certain brands do bag styles. I'm not perfect, right? But like really, really good. Yeah. Uh, well, and everyone has verified that they work really well through the ringers for yeah. years, you know? Yep. And so it's like, I, one thing I liked that turned me on to the Alger was the difference and the drumming because you, you know, neither of those bags are traditional bag size, right? In the, in the cyclist mind, most mm-hmm. people go to like what you would see as a large or maybe extra large bag yeah. from like a bond trigger or specialized. And that's still probably 200 uh you know cubic centimeters or whatever small i mean it's maybe a two-thirds of the size of the alger let yeah. alone you know three-eighths of the size of a drumming um yep. can, and then the big bags like a revelate the scotch and then going to much more can you lay out the uh the leader volumes of those bags yeah and just to give kind of a relationship between uh, numerically for people to kind of establish sure. it. They never actually held a Drummond or an Alger. Yeah. So the, the Alger and Drummond are both expandable They have kind of an overflow that you can, you know, stuff full and the, the cap has some travel so you can really stuff something in there if you need to. So um, when it's fully packed out like that and the, the cinch on the lid is fully extended, um, the Alger holds about two liters um and then the drum it is about four so 
Alger really is about half the capacity of a Drummond. Um, and yeah, that is kind of the, kind of an in-between size, you know, the, the Drummond especially is kind of a, there's not really much else out there It's a in weird, that size. Let's be honest. It when is a weird bag. That bag <laughs> it's a weird looking bag. It is. It mounts yeah. much yep. more vertically yep. on a bike um, yeah. than a traditional, like I looked at it and thought it'd be like fendering out, you know, and it really yeah. just kind of wraps up and under. But mm-hmm. let's talk about the Drummond since it was kind of a lead bag. And I think that, you know, we're going to go over the whole what you guys do, but like top two bags. Yes. Like a lot of bag manufacturers make awesome top two bags. Yeah. Um, even to go so far as to say you make two versions of what I branch under the feed bag. Uh, you yep. call uh, Sidero calls them the devil's kettles uh, in a couple sizes and a couple closures, but like, conceptually i think people understand what feed bags and top two bags do now yeah the drummond though is a weird bag (laughs) it's got three two basic three expansion points uh what i'll call uh from the seat so yep vertically kind of uh it's got all that elongation And it's become my winter bag because I never kept my Coconino full enough. Mm -hmm. It's minimum capacity is like seven liters, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, all rolled down those bigger bags, the Biscacha, those things. Yeah. Uh, But uh, an undergarment, uh, gloves and a hat, plus some tools is really, you know, more like in the four liter yeah uh three liter volume maybe an extra water bottle or some hand warmers those kind of things that i consider to be uh safety bonuses on winter riding um and that drummond is like maybe i'm the only one maybe i just should pack more but it seems to be a real hot (laughs) spot especially when i'm considering some additional lightweight garments or vests and rain gear in the spring and fall i've started to expand my usage of that bike yeah that bag on bikes yeah that one is um i mean dan had that cinch system pretty well dialed in uh from years ago and i i think a lot of that came from you know his experience making backpacks where you know you're stabilizing a lot of different you know a lot of different configurations on the same backpack, you know, to make it still make it ride correctly on your hips and on your back. So, um, yeah, those cinch straps are, you can have the thing completely empty and it's not going to feel like, uh, you know, just kind of this loose thing sitting back there. It'll, it'll fully collapse down, um, or it'll fully expand out. So yeah, I use it in the winter as well. I mean, that's my, that's my winter pack that or the Alger, depending on how far I'm going. Cause I can stuff an extra puffy in there and an extra set of, you know, dry gloves. And, um, it is kind of a, for, for where we are, especially so far North, it is a safety issue that be able to carry that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that one's, you know, it, it's weird. Cause we sell a lot of, a lot of Algiers, probably more than Drummond's, um, cause the Drummond really is a niche thing, but it'll never go away. Cause it, it is kind of its own, its own little beast. So. I feel like the Drummond is one of those bags that if you take the leap with some education at a dealer or Colin Sedaro, you know, and mm-hmm. it is the bag for you, you'll be like, 
Whoa. And like you said, I even don't, I don't know any other bag in the, we'll call it the class of like the drum. And I just don't, I really don't. Um, And I think that makes it niche. Yes. But when it hits the target, it's a dead, it's a bullseye, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Uh, not for your weekend ride with your group ride to carry a tube and a multi-tool by any yeah, means. But when sure. you're off the beaten path, you're getting north. I'm looking out into the snow outside my window. We're on fatbike.com and a lot of stuff go out about winter riding. Not all yep. of it, but a lot. And we talk a lot about like safety for yourself, consideration for the people you're riding with. You know, all these things um, in the winter, one deterrent to a group ride can often end the group ride. For sure. Um, A flat tire because someone didn't maintain their tubeless or whatever. A somebody gets too cold and the group for their sake has to move on. Well, you can be, you know, I always want to be the one that has an extra puffy in my bag. They can be like, yo, put this on because I'm not done riding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or for put sure. this on and you can go. Now I know you're safe to get there. Um, but it also, you know, I, I just think it's a good way to make sure that when you go out in more daunting uh situations, that you can have the gear with you. Scotty O'Mara and I just had a uh I was talking to him on the phone, and we we're talking about how we carry so many luxury quote unquote luxuries that we would have considered luxuries five years ago, 10 years ago in bikepacking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I don't know. I just like being comfortable. And I'm like, hell yeah. I just want new gloves <laughs> yeah. and a new hat. Makes me feel great. Yeah. You know? Why? Well, well, I got room. Yeah. So I think I think that that's the twofold. That, uh, what's beautiful about and why I'm so into bags, um, whether they be Sidero, which I have tried and have been true to me or other brands that have been tried and true to me um they're they make me more comfortable by proxy so i have a more enjoyable ride and i feel like they make my ride safer yeah you know and i think that's or if my wife and i are out on the fat bikes we can make sure that if anything goes wrong because it could it's fat biking you know and it's cold Yep. Um, that we can take care of each other and sustain riding so that the overall riding experience just having that confidence alleviates so much of, I think, the uh, inhibitors to going out in 15 degrees, let's say, to start or 10 degrees to start, let's say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've we've had some, you know, the, the Arrowhead 135 is right in our backyard here. And, you know, that's famously a ultra cold race. It just seems like it always falls on a weekend. That's, you know, 35 below, uh, actual temp, not wind chill, actual temps, you know? So the people that are doing that, I mean, they, they check all their gear, you know, kind of independently before they let anyone out on that course. And we've been making the, the packs for the medical team, um, for some years, um, for that race. And they have someone who's out on the course sweeping, you know, just to make sure that everyone makes it back in. All right. Right. Um, But yeah, when you're out in temps like that, um, I mean, let alone, I mean, 15 degrees is a dangerous temperature if you're not prepared. 
20 to 25 degrees is a dangerous temperature if you're not prepared 40 degrees is a dangerous temperature if you're not prepared absolutely yep Uh, so yeah that's mostly being prepared is having i think the personal access to at least i can stay here and survive for a while let alone the next level of i could implement these luxuries or tools to continue moving, you know, yeah. first and foremost, just know if all hell breaks loose, you can hunker down. Yep. You know, and that's yep. usually as simple as like a puffy or some kind of wind vest or something, you know, a hat, gloves, mm-hmm. those kind of things. And and capacity and bags allow you to do that in negative space that you had not, that I know I had not considered as yeah. a place to put things, you know, yeah. like, it just hadn't dawned on me. And I feel like, you know, I don't know. Carousel Design Works was my first big frame bag. That was in like 2007 or first big uh, seat bag. That was like 2007. And uh-huh. it blew my mind as far as like, wow, when we go on these things, look what I can have with me. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure that I am well taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about that, you know, I think something people need to know and, and need to understand because there's a bit of magicianship, bit of magic, I think, that goes on, uh, is Sidero could make a bag, and most manufacturers can make a bag for every bike. You know, you have a luxury of having two, uh, spoken gear in the same compound, so you have some hands-on access to salsa fat bikes norco i think fat bikes and in yep. some brands like that but if i've got a trek you know and i want a sidero frame bag because that's perfect it matches the blue matches i know that one from last year uh <laughs> it's like how do i i just put a ruler on my bike and i take a picture and then it fits perfect i think that's the like therein lies the skepticism or trepidation or you know, hopefully they hear you talk and, and we we do some, you know, this conversation makes people think, you know, oh, well, listen to Carl. He just named five zippers. I don't even know what he's talking about. I only knew, <laughs> you know, so there's that. But it is a detachment, I think, if you've never done the measuring and the fitment to send to a bag company. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there's no way. Yeah. Just putting a ruler on my top tube or whatever is going to work. Can you kind of walk that through? Sure. Say I walk into a Sedero dealer mm-hmm. and I want to order a custom pack. A, I could do it through you, but I can also do that through a dealer. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, and the next step is walk us through that. Yeah. So, you know, in the very beginning, we were using all paper templates. Yep. And, oh, yeah. um, yeah. So, you, you know, so a lot of people use like wrapping paper, <laughs> you know, we, or cardboard, we get all sorts of different stuff. Um, and then it, you know, after doing that, it's, that's a slow process and there's a lot of, you know, margin, you know, there's, there's some, some areas for error, you know, opportunities for error with that um, hand drawing stuff. So we developed a system to, to do it digitally with the photo and it's actually more accurate than using a paper template now. Um, if the photo is taken correctly. So we have a pretty detailed walkthrough on the website now on the custom frame pack page of how to take the perfect photo. And everyone has smartphones now. So, you know, you can do it. Um, 
So yeah, basically, from do you that have photo, a smartphone, Carl? Dude, I have an iPhone seven. I got oh, a seven, that's, dude. That's pretty smart, buddy. <laughs> Honestly, this still feels pretty new to me. So yeah, it, wasn't, sure. it wasn't that long ago I was using a, a slider phone still. So uh-huh. I figured. Um, so anyway, sorry. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So we, we have this system where um, I, I grabbed that photograph. Um, I use not just that ruler as a reference point, but I use the water bottle bosses. Those are always 64 millimeters apart. Um, and then the head tube length on the frame is always a publicly, you know, posted on all the geometry charts. Um, you can always have that info. So between those three or four reference points, um, usually you can get within about a half a millimeter in as far as our scaling and accuracy goes. Um, right. Which is, which is like with a, with a soft fabric. Yeah. Yeah. It's non-existent. It'll, it'll fit. So. And variation. Um, it's not like it's a buckle, fixed buckle for security. I mean, yeah. it's you can do things with the bags yep. to manipulate, you know, load yep. size, specifically in the frame bags. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So that's kind of our process. And we, we do use a, a CNC um, cutting table to cut everything. So, um, yep. you know, the accuracy without, without that, it would be pretty difficult to, to do what we do. This was the piece we were talking about. Talk about this CNC machine, because this, as far as you know, that you guys have to be the only ones in your size using a 20 or 30 foot long CNC machine to cut fabric. Like when I first heard that, that was another one of those things where I was like, dang, I didn't even know that it worked like that, really. You know, (laughs) like, I don't know, I'm not a yeah bag maker i guess is cnc but you just think in the bike industry you see cnc always associated with stems or milling aluminum or you know Mm -hmm. uh, manipulating metal you you guys use it to cut out multiple pieces of fabric on one table out of big rolls yeah that's right yeah so we have a big a big rack uh with all our rolls on it we can just pull down onto the table the table is actually the one we're running right now because our our space is so small um we just have an eight foot long table oh and uh we do have an extension for us so once we have a little larger space we can throw that on but um but i mean honestly for yeah as far as i know i could be wrong about this but as far as i know like you said you know for our size of company where we're stocking dealers and also doing custom um we are the only company using one of these machines. Um, and it's, and I yeah, don't it's, know that that's, it, it just is, I think to me, I mean, it'd yeah. be hard to distinguish. It works great for you guys. Yeah, um, for sure. That's got it. That machine has to come from Dan experience, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So back in the, in the nineties, actually Granite gear invested in one of these tables, um, and they started digitizing their patterns. And um, so we're, our table actually came out of an old Nike factory nice. and uh, you know, early 2000s. So our, our equipment's old compared, you know, in the realm of technology, it's old. Uh, and, you know, the software we're using is I think the last, you know, version or patch for the one that we are running is 2005, you know? So it's, we're perfect you know, for you, Carl. It's perfect. Yeah, I you know there it, it has some pain points for sure, but it runs on just about any computer, as right. you can imagine. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I think like you said, um, for the you guys situational, yes, it it, it does what it does yep. because it is what it is. 
Yeah, it does. There's, yeah. there's the balance of like things, yeah. right? Not everyone was using the CNC to do this, or maybe somebody would develop new software or, yeah. you know, there'd be a proliferation of tables because now 50 bag manufacturers in just the United States are using it, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Maybe that's still too small, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, it's, I think there's kind of a misconception with technology in particular where um, newer is always assumed to be better. Right. And it's not the case if it's the right tool for the job. And yeah. so, so far, you know, there are newer softwares, there's newer tables out there. Um, but the newer version of the software we're using is not as efficient for our workflow for the way that we do custom packs. So it's like, until there's something that we try that is better, you know, we're going to be, we're oh, running man. our system. And I, I would love if, you know, someone came up with something a little better and there's actually some little tweaks that we've given feedback on and, and things, but um, but by and large, it's, you know, for what we do, that's what allows us to do custom packs. You know, we watched a lot of companies for the last five years, start out doing custom packs. Um, they start stocking a few dealers, uh, or, or selling direct through their website and the lead times just started going out and out and out and out. And, um, I've talked to a few, you know, a few different people in those companies. They say, you know, we just couldn't, couldn't keep them, but we had to make a choice. We're either going to only do custom or we're going to only do off the shelf stuff. And so, um, we've been fortunate into being able to kind of hold both of those, uh, at the same time so far, um, with the equipment we have. So, and that was really, you know, Dan's foresight and experience yes. coming in of, you know, we can, we can crank out, you know, 20 frame packs in a week pretty easily, you know, um, as well as have other stuff that. going you get to live that symbiotic relationship being in the same building, but being separate entities yeah, of for sure. wanting to support that bike shop with general color palettes of tank tops, yep. but also wanting to be next level. Uh, when we say custom bags, we're not just talking about fits, you know, um, Nowadays, you obviously have a vast color palette. How many colors do you offer in the Codura right now? Uh, in Cordura, I think we've got like 14. 15, I thought. 15, yeah. The one might have been on or off. Uh, yeah. Wax Canvas has five, I think. That's, yeah, we're at five, yep. I also, like my wife's frame bag, a beautiful uh, surprise when Carl delivered my wife's frame bag to our campsite. Oh, dude, that was so fun. I'll never forget. Um, <laughs> zipper poles, zipper hoods can be customized in color. Talk about yeah. kind of like, it's more than just fit. Fit is yeah. not the customization. Fit, I feel like, is the that's the starting blanket point. statement. It just goes in there. Now, how do we want to customize a bag um, or a gamut of bags uh, yeah. through Sidero? Talk about like what those options are and how you're yeah. always considering more and more pieces and places. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So we can basically any panel on the pack can be a different color, right? Um, so. I think That's, Rick Becker in Emporia had me do seven colors on a seat bag. Yeah, he did. Bag. That's right. He did. It's, he might actually hold the record. Yeah. They're ridiculous. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, color is definitely one area where we can do that. I know we did 
you know, f- for a few people, we've split some panels out for your uh, Bear Grease pack. For Neil's you know, I pack. stole the pattern from Neil Belchenko. <laughs> yep. Uh, he had it for 135 and it's very swoopy. It, that's, I'm going to go ride my bike today and that frame bag is just money on that bike. Yeah. I mean, I don't own the black Sedera. I say I have had four frame bags. I don't, haven't had a black frame yeah. bag. Uh, yeah. A Mucklock one that was custom purple. Oh, yeah. Uh, Two cutthroat bags. My wife's bag has probably five different colors on it, including yep. zipper poles. And oh yeah, uh, my current bear grease bag is one of you know one of a kind. Basically, they all are, but you know it's it's just aesthetically. I like I like the looks of them. Uh, yeah. Why you know there are places that do patterns and stuff. This is more of a you know because Cordura is going to just have. Uh, mm-hmm. multiple color things but the one right. i want to talk i've said it a couple times but nobody knows the zipper hood we just talk about the zipper hood <laughs> yeah because i really feel that is a it's offered on the website now right like that's a a thing when you click it's like zipper hood color and i used to always get that question like i don't know what they're what are what they talking, talking about, about zipper hood yeah so yeah we call it zipper hood zipper garage some people there's a bunch of different names out there for it but yeah just that little piece of fabric that that zipper slider just goes home to every time you you close your pack keeps the water out of that little spot of zipper that's not quite closed and um that's the perfect spot you know a lot of people just want a little pop of color yeah and We'll just... That's the number one thing I look at when I look at custom Sedero bags now. Yep. Because it, if you look, if you know to look for it, you see it on every bag. Pretty much. Yeah. Some people, uh, we don't give them the option. They'll kind of give us like a general whatever. And I'm like, nah, you, you, you do want this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we've never yeah. had a complaint. That, that, we've never that had a spot complaint. is where you so, want it. Yep. Um, let's go through uh, the, the Sedero bag kind of basic lineup. You know, we've talked sure. about Alger and Drummond pretty extensively. Frame bags, of course, in all shapes and sizes. Half yep. frame bags, yep. um, which I kind of just call tangle style bags. It seems yep. to be the term everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but talk about a bag I just picked up from you guys, uh, which is a bag that is becoming more uh widely accepted but not the same take uh it's the hipster mm-hmm. um which i have to feel like has something to do with carl uh <laughs> no I no mean, nah, it's what it is. <laughs> it couldn't, um but couldn't. it's not only uh it's a basic fanny pack not as uh, yeah. grandiose as i have an obey negra uh royale and it's got mm-hmm. all kinds of adjustments in this and that but it's a fanny mm-hmm. pack that doubles as a handlebar bag that's right. Yeah. And it's a really cool bag um, that also, the, speaking of Todd, the 906 Adventure Team had kind of a uh, talk about the connection there and why yeah. this bag, you know, how it stands out. Because it's probably the newest bag that you're making, right? It is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, Todd got in touch with us. They were, you know, their 906 Adventure Team program with their kids program has just exploded over the last so cool. few years. And it's so cool. Um, we've gotten to be involved with some of that along the way. And uh, so he was like, we need a pack that kids can put their essentials in that fits on a kid's bike. Cause like a lot of handlebar packs are a little too big, you know, on those little handlebars. So uh, that was kind of the genesis of the project. 
uh, got us thinking. So we came up with that size. We talked with them about what do you want, you know, aside from the size, what do you need? And um, one thing that was kind of important because they have, you know, kids out, uh, out in the middle of nowhere and stuff. And he's like, it's really good for them to be able to keep their stuff physically on them. And so we put a waist strap on there and um, kind of figured, Hey, this could actually work pretty well for everybody, not just kids. So uh, I have one that I use on my full squish a lot. Cause it's, you know, it's small enough that it doesn't bounce around. Um, and I can actually fit a tiny water bottle in, in there if I need it. If it's a hot day or whatever the heck food, whatever. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a fun project to work, work on with them. Um, and we actually do have another, there's a new pack that's going to be coming out here in the next like week or so, um, uh, just a variation on a theme though. So it's, uh, the tank top LD, it's a large version of our tank top, just like a little slightly taller, longer. Um, so I'll let you kind of fill in the blanks of what LD could stand for, but I am just thinking about a new bag now. That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. okay. Like, um, kind of like uh, JPEX does a couple of longer top two. Yeah. Bags. Ish yeah, kind pretty of similar. Yeah, pretty similar. Like the footlong, um, I think he calls it the snack pack or whatever. Yeah, so our standard, like our standard uh, tank top is like nine and a quarter inches long, and this one adds about a little more than an inch and a half to that yeah, in length, and then about, and then about half inch in height overall. Really more um, of a gravel capacity kind of thing for sure. touring than more mountain because you're going to lose a lot of that standover space. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, really small frames might be a little challenge, but um, for especially, yeah, gravel bikes with longer top tubes, get more real estate there. Yeah, um, you're on, on the bike, less than on the bike. off the bike. Yep. Yeah, so that'll be um, that'll be coming out here. We're, we're working on that, and we've got a whole bunch of irons in the fire this winter, and we'll, we'll see what's like ready to go by springtime. But we've got a bunch. Oh of yeah, stuff. it's the perfect time of year. Yeah, and that's one thing I love uh, talking to you. Uh, I probably we go on streaks where I maybe call you once a week, and yeah. just kind of like, you know, recently we've been talking about. Um, frame bags for my Revel Rascal for some Colorado trail excursions and we'll watch that uh, triple crown. And we were yeah. talking about like portage handles. And yeah. one thing that I've loved talking about you or talking with you over a few years now is like when my frame bag got rubbed, you implemented a new material there. Um, it got repaired that, that never had an issue ever again. And that I didn't go lighter on it. You know yeah. um, we've talked about uh, you added some length, to my personal Algern Drummonds uh, to accommodate the Wolf Tooth Valais uh, dropper mount, which then in turn kind of altered some production yep. uh, of the length of that strap as that Valais was getting really, you know, picked up by everybody as a dropper yeah. solution. Yep. Um, I love that, like you said, you have irons in the fire. There's very few times that I say something to you in regards to bags that is mind-blowing to you i mean the way i deliver it may blow people's mind but you know like, i was gonna say <laughs> but people wouldn't all just be so ramped up about it like i am <laughs> sure. but you know like when i bring up portage handles on a bag for 
a full suspension, a 140 millimeter travel, full suspension bike. Mm-hmm. Within five minutes of us talking, we had both considered many things. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's nothing drawn out or dead set. But, you know, I love that you keep an open mind to stock bags you know not all the time does it have to be a whole new bag not all the but sometimes it might need to be a whole new bag you know Mm -hmm. um how often is adam just crazy versus how much merit is there to certain (laughs) things you know yeah Um, yeah i love to see that and i think that's why i've continued to order scenario bags because for me personally, I, I, we share a similar climate ish, you know, and stuff like that. So the, the mentality falls in and I like the people, uh, but it's like when I need it to kind of update ish with my bikes, it seems like we've together figured out a way. And some of that's a luxury that I get to call you like that, you know? Um, (laughs) but you know what I'm saying? I feel like that mentality is very prevalent of like, yeah. Oh, that is going to be a thing in the industry. Yeah. Somebody send me one, you know, so that we can see how to make this work because like, yeah. my Alger on a Valais, I've run a little low because I have a long drop on that bike, but mm-hmm. it's a pretty good size dropper bag. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Dropper can still uh, heft that yeah. thing back up. Mounts up, sits on the Valais. Nice. You know, if I was running a 150 instead of a 170, I'd run my drop, my Valais all the way to the top and would never yeah. bag drop. Yeah. So it's, it's cool that, uh, that's what I like about it is they've always seen besides fitment from frame to frame, mm-hmm. you know, there's always been this like progression of my bags too. And that's why I'm so glad that I have somebody of them still. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's what makes it, makes it fun for us is, you know, the relationships that you build in the industry and um just with riders you know i think for me it's been super fun because i mean my my job is pretty much talking to talking to people who are into riding bikes you know and so yeah we get to hear a lot of cool stories and i'm always interested to hear how something failed or something worked um or you know your crazy ideas that you constantly call me about once a week um i mean they were you got it you gotta, th- <laughs> you gotta, you gotta throw some mud at the wall sometimes and see what works. And um, so, yeah, there's that process. And bike packing is still, you know, in kind of its infancy a little bit. You know, it's in the starting States for sure. in the U.S. especially. Yeah. yeah, it's starting to mature a little bit as an industry, but it's kind of like what the outdoor industry was back in like the '70s and early '80s. You know where there was a bunch of, you know, just people making stuff out of their garage and trying stuff. And I liken like, it to the fat bike scene in like 2010, 2011. Yeah, yep. Everybody yeah. was just trying things and we got so big. Yep. And then there has to be some consolidation For based sure. on track record of successes. You know, certain yeah. technologies just don't really paying out and people that adopted them, you know, it just didn't work out. So there has to be this explosion and then consignment, I guess, you know, or like getting a little more concise. Yep. But, uh, that that's, uh, it's interesting. That's my, always my thing is like fat bikes around that time. Everyone was ghetto tubeless stuff. Everyone, (laughs) you know, all these things, Mm -hmm. everyone was making bags like DIY, 
from yeah. garage to major manufacturers, bond trader, yep. you know, mm-hmm. I think the perfect storm of why I have enjoyed dealing with Sodero uh, has been uh, your size and, you know, you're just big enough as a company yeah. to where you can make changes mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, but you're not too big that, you know, like some places just at their size, you couldn't, I couldn't call you with yeah, certain ideas because I understand that in the process, it's not, there's no time and space. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and I like that about kind of that middle uh, size, I guess you would say, regardless of popularity that just allows for some flexibility. For sure. Yeah. Stay a little nimble. And yeah, there are definitely things that if we were bigger um, or smaller that we couldn't pull off. Right. Um, both just sides of the spectrum. Both, right? both ends of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, I think that's what I really like. You know, you call Sodero, you get a familiar name, familiar person, you know, even as frequently as I call, there's only so many people there and, and, <laughs> you know, you're starting to, you're building those relationships, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of relationships, Carl, this has nothing to do with relationships, but are you ready for the lightning round? Oh, <laughs> we'll find out. I don't still to this day know why I feel compelled to shoot guns and <laughs> make a noise of guns for the lightning round. But I really <laughs> like it. I will be honest. Carl, you have listened to my show, so you're familiar with the lightning round. I About am, four yeah. questions. Yep. Off the cuff, quick, quick-witted responses. It's pretty stressful. I hope I don't you know. survive. Quick-witted, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. You look great. No one will get to see Well, they that, can't though. see me. They I can't know, see but me, I Adam. can, and it's a pleasure. Um, anyways, I don't have your beard, <laughs> I don't have your beard. Uh, all right, Carl. If uh, you had no bags and you were a new cyclist, just want to do stuff. What's the first bag style? You know, you don't have to say specific model, but like first bag style that you would get for just general use. Um, the bar hopper pack, handlebar pack. Like a handlebar, small bag, yep. fits a burrito pretty nicely. Yep. Yep. Um, I like yeah. that too. You it think that's from... the bar hopper and the hipster overlap? A little bit. Um, but the bar hopper on, in, on most spikes, uh, can hold as much as a half frame pack would on that same frame. So yeah. More than one burrito. Yeah. You can fit like, like three in there. Oh, that's a good day, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, there, there's my answer. I I love the handlebar packs because you can go bike to bike easily. Becoming more and more happy with them. Without having to do a custom frame pack. Yeah. Yep. Um, being a, a retro grouch of sorts, I kind of <laughs> quote that because you were labeled as that on the website for a while. What's the newest piece of bike tech that you Ooh. obtained? <laughs> it's not access, uh, folks. Oh, <laughs> man. The newest piece? Uh, it's probably the grip damper I just put in my 2014 Fox uh, oh. 32 um grip damper yeah oh, it's grip. that's, that's only been around for like 10 years right yeah that's pretty tricky. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's that uh that's probably the newest piece i have that i, I feel own. like that's a Maybe. perfect answer from you yeah um, <laughs> um 
What is, if you have one, a dream place that you have to take your bike and your Sedero bags and go adventure? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I think there's a few different places I want to go. Uh, one, I want to go up to like Banff or something like, I just want to go, you know, big mountains, yeah. um, go see some of that, go ride some of that stuff. Um, the other thing that I've been thinking about is that I want to do is a lot closer to home. We have so much riding around us and there's a lot, uh, up on the border that I want to explore in the winter time. And, you know, it's a little tricky. We have the boundary waters canoe area wilderness up there and, uh, they don't allow bicycles within the wilderness, but there's a lot of area that's kind of squeaks in between what's designated up there. That's national forest and whatnot. Um, some routes along the border. So I'd love to go explore some of that. That's like not really a route per se. That's, you know, not, not established, not yet. Um, yeah. Right. Need some research done. Yeah. Maybe stuff I've explored while I was guiding up there, you know, on foot or canoe and whatever, but to go experience it in the winter time when conditions are right to ride a fat bike would be, would be pretty perfect. Pretty interesting. Uh, what is your favorite color combination? Let's do two or three at most. We can't say Ooh. seven colors okay. uh, to put on. Let's just call it a narrow, a black framed bike. Uh-huh. Sedero frame bag, two to three colors. What do you what do you put on it? All right, um, peacock, which is like a teal, which is like our, our teal, yeah. Uh, iris, which is our purple, beautiful. Uh, and then, I mean, this is just what this is what my frame pack is. It's Bordeaux is the other one, like maroon color, kind of oh. that like wine. So those, yeah, those three together. I didn't see it going towards Bordeaux. I know, I know. But I like you, Carl. Carl, yeah. that's four questions. Lightning oh, round. Heck yeah. That was easy peasy. Yeah, what the heck? They're going to ask me some like deep, dark secrets, man. No, I try not to ask too many dark secrets. I used to ask people like what their favorite snacks were mm. for things. That was like mm -hmm. a constant. And people aren't into snacks like I am. What? I don't know. What? Weirdness. Snacks are delicious. Dude, what are, you, what, are you, what are you cooking tonight? This I have. What am I cooking tonight? Uh, well, I'll be cooking everything. I'm working tonight. That's what. Uh, but I just cooked some really nice stuffed bolognese shells with some fontina, and then I baked them, and then oh heck yeah, bunch of other good stuff. Uh, Carl, I want to say thank you for coming on the show and for tolerating me on a weekly basis. Um, <laughs> I think that. You know, I had a luxury of getting in with Josh and getting to you, but I feel like one thing that I've done over years, you know, five years of helping um, just personally promote this brand because I like it, uh, I, you know, I always appreciate when I tell a dealer like, you know, uh, you should check out a Sedero bag um, that I know that that Sedero or you or Dan, whoever they're getting called to. Uh, is really going to take care of that dealer the way I like. I know that if uh, my roommate, Zach Lowe, just had bags shipped from Sedero to Evergreen, Colorado. He was my yeah. roommate in college and the best man in our wedding. Um, and I'd been, you know, he was like, Adam, what bags? And I said, well, here's why these work the best for me. Here's what to expect when you call them. 
And yeah. his response after the Vegas game was, you know, it was exactly what you said it would be. They taught, they told me about stuff. They answered my questions. The bags fit perfect. They look exactly how I thought they would look. You know, Sweet. boom, boom, boom. And that's not necessarily exclusive to Sidero. No. Nah. But for me, it's a reliable thing to know with Sidero. And as I'm more and more on the outskirts of the bike industry and mm-hmm. just getting like friend recommendations, I don't have to support a brand in the shop. Yeah. I know yeah. that if a, a friend, you know, other brands do it too. But it's easy for me to say, call Carl, tell him what you want. If he seems to like you, don't tell him you know me. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Carl, where can people find out about uh, maybe more Sidero, you if you'd like. Um, but sure. as far as like website, social media, um, lead time currently on bags, I think is interesting to, to let people yeah. know here. Yeah. Yeah, so our website is just sidero.com, C-E-D-A-E-R-O. Yep, Cedar Arrow. Yeah, Cedar so Arrow. Them, yep. you know, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's the site. Everything is there. Um, if it's in stock on the site, it ships the next business day. Um, custom packs right now are, are standard three to four weeks, and that should be consistent going forward. Um, and uh, we had a brief period where like pandemic stuff, whatever. It was a little longer, but we're right back to, to where we want to be with that. So three to four weeks. Um, our Instagram is probably our most like updated, you know, spot to find out about like the tank top LD that's going to be coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, all our shenanigans. Um, Slender James Classic Enduro Race next year. Um, did our first annual race uh, with that this past fall. Stuff like that. I mean, basically all our... If you want to see the shenanigans side of Sidero, yeah. uh, you got to do downhill bike, Carl. You got to be getting oh, mad. Yeah, wide, the wide open dolphin. I haven't even ridden it yet, man. Full send. Woo. Just looking at it. Yeah, wide open dolphin is just it's sitting there waiting. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I've never had a, a lift pass before. I, I got one this year. I don't know if that was a mistake. We'll find no, out. Man. It's a great idea. I'm coming up. <laughs> yes, we'll get full please. face helmets and deal yep. with it. Yep. I'm and shin guards like, too. Dude, full bubble wrap for me. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, you know, um, I'm Adam Blake. This is fat-bike.com. If you're listening, you probably know that. If you don't know, you now know. It's a place, you know, I've had the luxury with Gomez of talking fat bikes and frame bags and bags are very akin to fat bikes in my world. But they're also very akin to mountain biking, gravel riding, other passions that I have. And I've had a luxury to be able to get a dog on your lap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got, got my 100-pound dog. Just right? like, hey, buddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, it's nice to be able to talk about things that are definitely related to the website and a resource on the website. But that we're providing other things to consider, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a big deal for me. Yeah. Um Carl, Sidero, tell Dan I said hi. I will. appreciate it. I'll keep calling. You keep making bags. And if you're a consumer looking for bags and your shop doesn't carry Sidero, you don't have to just call Carl. Yeah. It's great to call Carl. Carl is the man. Uh, Other people at Sidero will do a great job. Devin will do a great job. Uh, You know, all these people will do great jobs taking care of you. 
but your shop can take care of you too. And there's a yep. reason they want to build with Sidero so that when you as the consumer have more questions about fit, you can go talk to somebody in person, get that fire stoked, get that yep. value built, um, know that you can see and touch things then and make more educated decisions. I have not yet talked to a shop that opened Sidero that didn't succeed with Sidero. Uh, yeah. There's enough options that I feel like it's not the perfect end all be all in every case, but mm -hmm. for general and niche bag fulfillment, Sidero has never steered me wrong. Uh, and I think you're a big part of that, Carl, personally and professionally at times and Dan as well. So again, I just want to thank you. Everybody Thanks, else. Dad. Yeah, Carl, my pleasure. That's Everybody great. else, keep the rubber on the snow now. But yeah. on the road too, <laughs> <laughs> and have an awesome day. Uh, we'll check back with more new podcasts in the next year. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> Thanks, Carl. Thanks, man. Talk to you later. Yeah.